Welcome everybody to 51%'s Institutional Crypto Research Podcast. Today in the podcast, I have a very special guest, Pascal Gautier, president at Ledger. For those who are unaware, Ledger provides the popular hardware wallet, Ledger Blue, with various variations, and they provide Ledger Vault for institutional entities. Pascal, welcome to the podcast. Hey, hey everyone. Thank you for having me. So, Pascal, Ledger is one of the most popular hardware wallets. Um, for those who aren't aware, can you dive into the quick benefits of why you would use a cold storage wallet um, and any metrics you have on, on how many have been sold or the popularity so far? Sure. So let me start with the metrics. Uh, so far, we, sell, we sold over 1.4 million units of the Ledger Nano S, which is our most popular wallet. Um, you mentioned the blue before. The blue is uh, more the... Uh, the enterprise version of the wallet, and we use it to access the Ledger Vault, which is our enterprise solution. But to focus on the wallet, it's uh, 1.4 million units that we've sold everywhere in the world. The other metric that I have that is quite nice is that we shipped one wallet to at least to uh, 165 countries. So there was at least one wallet shipped to 165 countries in the world, which is a testimony to the global phenomenon that uh, cryptocurrency is. Uh, and why should you have a hardware wallet and why should you have a Ledger Nano S? Uh, just because it's better security. Uh, we actually bring three things to the market. One is security, uh, two is ease of use, and three is governance. And governance that we deliver first to the enterprise market. But security and ease of use are the heart of every product that we design. Uh, the hardware wallet technology is better known as the chip and pin technology. This is what you have on your credit cards. Uh, and this is what makes credit cards more secure. But the hardware and software mixed technologies have been used in the financial industry over the past uh, two decades. It's something that the telecommunication industry, the financial industry have used, and we just applied that technology to cryptocurrencies, tokens, and, uh, and everything where you need to hide your private keys. Um, and so to this date, we believe it's a, it's a safer technology uh, and because it's a safer technology, you can build different applications on top of uh, the operating system that we've designed, which is Bolos, that integrates into the hardware. Uh, and all these applications are segregated, So, which is why through a hardware wallet today, you can use a lot of uh, different types of cryptocurrencies uh, because we support most of them, uh, and which is uh, something that actually comes from, uh, from the technology itself. So... Uh, security first, ease of use, which is using uh, multiple cryptocurrencies and uh, use them in, uh, in, uh, in an easy manner. So I think that's what we bring to the market. Excellent. And, you know, I think most people are aware of, of using a Ledger wallet. I have one myself. Um, you know, it's not hard to use, you know, once you get it up and running. But I think one of the keys here that you guys are pushing are, and what we're most focused on, is what you're doing for the institutions. So you guys rolled out um, Ledger Vault, uh, I believe a few months ago. Could you, you know, really dive into, you know, what you guys are doing for the institutions and, you know, how Ledger Vault plays into this? Sure. So uh, as we were saying, the, the Nano S and the, uh, the hardware wallet, we got asked several times about eventually an enterprise version of the Nano S. Um, and uh, this is really what pushed us to develop the, the Ledger Vault, uh, which is... Uh, which is a solution that we're selling to enterprises today. Um, so it uses the same type of technology, uh, and on top of security and ease of use of your cryptos, it brings governance on top. Because the problem that uh, institutions have in hedge funds and family offices, they have a lot of coins 
they need they need several people to access those coins. Uh, and uh, when you uh, when you do that, you need uh, you need to understand who has accessed the coins and what type of access that they have and what kind of uh, uh, what kind of uh, uh, transfer they can make up to what amount, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, so the governance piece is really something that the ledger vote is bringing to the market because. We're going to help you uh, do the administration of your phone, and then uh, this is a system where you end up with multi-signature, time lock mechanisms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so the ledger vault is still a combination of hardware and software. You have HSMs at the heart to sign on the HSMs. You have the ledger blue, uh, and of course you have an interface that you log on to in order to uh, uh, to to do your transactions. Um, yeah. So the ledger vault itself, I mean, you don't, hedge funds, uh, traditional, you know, institutions, they don't need a hardware device to use ledger vault, correct? Uh, so actually they do. They need, they need the ledger blue to sign the transactions. And so the ledger, ledger blue is signing the transaction on the HSM. And Got the it. link between the blue and the HSM is secure. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So, you know, how, I mean, do you have any metrics? I mean, do you think that, you know the uptake of Ledger Vault is is competitive in the marketplace. I know there's a lot of a lot of players in the space um, trying to roll out institutional custody offerings here. I mean, how have you guys been doing with Ledger Vault? How's interest been? First, I wouldn't say that there is a lot. I think uh, you know the the market is so wide and it's so international that uh, I don't know. Top of my head, I would say that there are sort of ten players in the game, if that. Uh, so. I don't consider that 10 in a market such as this one is a lot. Uh, and the market also still is needs to be formed. So there's definitely a lot of players that are coming in the market, but it's still not a lot. Um, uh, and, and sorry, can you repeat the question again? Yeah, I was just wondering, I mean, there's, a, there's like a bunch of startups trying to provide custody for institutional entities in the crypto space. So, I mean, you have everybody from know you guys to kingdom trust to bitgo to coinbase custody to to dac and gemini i mean i'm just wondering you know how has ledger been doing in this institutional custody market uh with ledger vault um i know you can't comment on your competitors but you know any metrics on on how competitive your offering might be in the space um just to size up the competitive landscape is helpful yeah no for sure uh look we uh I think we have a different approach to the rest of the market. I think that first you need to distinguish uh, between two things. One is uh, self-custodianship on the one side and uh, full custodianship on the other side. So many of the competitors that you just listed uh, are offering full custodianship to the market. Typically is the case of case of Coinbase. So if you work with Coinbase, you would trust them with your with your coins. Where the Ledger Vault offering is actually self-custodianship. So you don't have to trust ledger with your coins, we're actually just providing you the technology so you can handle your coins yourself. So it's very similar to, uh, to a bank that will go to uh, like a bank that has gold and goes to, uh, to someone that builds vaults. And so this is what we're doing. Like we're giving you a vault so you can actually handle your coins on your own and never a ledger will possess any keys. And so ledger will never have access to your funds. Uh, it's also... Uh, uh, catastrophe proof in the sense that uh, even if uh, Ledger goes belly up, uh, you don't need Ledger to actually run your funds because you have your seeds and you can rebuild your your vault with another service provider should uh, anything happen to Ledger. So your funds will be uh, stored on the blockchain and Ledger gives you the tool to access those funds and to administrate those funds. 
Same thing that we do exactly with the Ledger and NOS and the hardware wallet product that we have is just that the hardware wallet product was designed for an individual use of coins and the Ledger Vault is designed for uh, several people using the same coins at the same time. Um, and so that's one fundamental difference uh, of, of what we offer. And then there is another difference, which is the type of technology that we use. I think that uh, I believe that today in the market, we're probably the only uh, company that is using this uh, combination of hardware and software to, to bring security. Um, and so what we have done is uh, to we have put our operating system that is called that's called Bolos onto HSMs. Uh, and we run security like that. Uh, that's very unique in the market. Other players may, might claim that they use HSM technology, uh, but they don't have a secure operating system that runs on those HSMs. So I think in terms of uh, top-notch technology, Ledger has in the market today the best technology that is available using this unique set of, of tech. Uh, most of the players actually use only software, which we don't believe is uh, secure enough uh, to, to secure crypto money. Uh, one comment that is, uh, you know, crypto crypto assets are great. We believe that it's, uh, it's an amazing uh, technological revolution. But in terms of uh, uh, being very easy to steal, also they're great. Like, you know, it's the uh, asset that is the most easy to steal. Uh, and so therefore, having great technology to protect those assets, we think it's paramount for the industry to, to thrive. Um, makes a lot of sense. And, you know, just going into Vault, I mean, how easy is it for, you know, say, say a manager to authorize somebody else access to, you know, buy and sell within the Vault or transfer assets? I mean, you know, how's the UX, how's the UI, you know, is it, are there any features that, you know, funds want to see you guys roll out that you don't have or, or anything like that? Well, we, we made it very easy. It's a very simple solution to use. We actually have a, a whole team now that is, uh, that is pitching it in the market and uh, that you can have an easy access to to have a demonstration on how the vault works but uh, it is uh, we've designed it to be extremely easy so you just press on buttons and uh, and the transaction happens so it's as easy to use the vault than it is to use your ledger nano s or or ledger blue so we've been hiding the complexity of security and the complexity of what we do behind uh, very simple interfaces uh, for the end user to, to use. The, the setup is actually very easy too. It goes very fast, so it's, a, it's an easy product to use, and that's what we do at Ledger. We want security, but, but of, of course, uh, it has to be easy to use. Uh, otherwise, um, otherwise, crypto will remain very hard to, uh, to become mass market. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And we put out, uh, one of the first research reports we did was a, a custody deep dive, and you guys are at the center of that, along with Gemini and Coinbase. And Basically, what we found is that you know Ledger Vault charges you know basically half a percent um, annually for their custody services at the time that we published the report a few weeks ago. And Gemini and Coinbase were you know much higher, you know near percent for Gemini and over a percent for Coinbase custody. I'm just wondering, you know, are you guys getting any you know pushback on these fees, um, you know, being above traditional custody services, which are you know, cost very low amounts of money annually, or is this, you know, a competitively priced product? No, I think, uh, I think the price is right. I mean, in the sense that uh, if you compare custody of crypto assets to custody of, I don't know, dollars, for example, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be able to compare that again by the, uh, 
but then you know the nature of the asset itself if you think about crypto it is very easy to steal it is very hard to steal a lot of dollars at scale from from a bank uh, mainly because the system is so inefficient that uh, you don't, you wouldn't know where to steal and how to transfer etc and also the process of transferring a large amount of dollars from one bank to another is still very manual so uh, um, so it's it's almost impossible to steal uh, large amounts of uh, fiat currencies uh, uh, to to banks. Uh, actually, the best way to to steal amounts of large amounts of gold or oil or currencies is to invade a country. So you need an army, you invade a country, uh, and then uh, that's how you do it at scale. With cryptocurrencies, it's much easier, uh, and uh, you know, sort of every week you have a, the new hack of the exchange that got stolen tens of millions of dollars um, and so it shows that the asset is very different uh, uh, that's what makes it great uh, but also that's what it, that's why it's very hard to, uh, to secure um, so we believe that uh, you know custodianship of these assets needs to be a fair the cost of custodianship of this asset has to be a fair representation of uh, how difficult it is to protect those assets and it's only a private key to to steal so uh, uh, and once you have access to the private key you have access to all the funds that are that, that sit behind so so we believe that uh, you know custodianship has a cost today uh, you know coinbase bitgo uh, the rest are in the market and we all have similar prices in the end um, uh, and that's what it costs and actually if you look at gold custodianship gold custodianship is not that cheap uh, even today because it's uh, it's quite expensive to keep gold. So if you want to, uh, if you have lots of lots of gold, then uh, you, you you need to find a custodian. What we looked, uh, what we found in the market is you still pay something like that is around twenty basis points. So uh, you know anything that is uh, 40, 48, 60, whatever, hundred, we believe is fair is a fair price given the market that we are in today. And uh, today it's uh, it's only a small amount of money. I mean, you know, if you take all cryptos together, we we're talking three hundred billions. If you think about uh, cash custodianship, cash all cash is ninety trillion of value. So so the day that crypto will be at ninety trillion of value, okay, maybe the cost of custodianship will be lower, but then uh, then the value will be so much greater that uh, the absolute value of what you getting from the market in terms of custodianship will still be very high. So, uh, so we still feel that there is a, you know, the price is right and the market will grow enormously in the future. So uh, eventually uh, putting pressure on prices, but that's okay because the market value will be so much greater. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And just switching gears from the institutional to the retail side, um, you know, it's always an interesting question of, you know, whether to use Ledger or whether to use, you know, something like Coinbase you know, how do you guys argue with, with people that use, you know, easy, like exchanges like Coinbase where they can just download an app and purchase and there's never been any hacks there and they have Coinbase Vault to protect it? I mean, is there always that risk that the funds could still be stolen even on Coinbase in their vault? Or, you know, how do you guys differentiate from those types of services um, like Coinbase? Even from an end user perspective or from an enterprise perspective? Honestly, both would be great if we can go into. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, security is security. So I don't think anyone can claim that uh, there's never been a hack of any sort, etc. You know, it's always the 
cat and a mouse type of game, so you always have to uh, to, to to stay ahead. Um, I think that uh, Coinbase is offering a very very different service from what Ledger is offering. So number one, whether you user or uh, an enterprise, uh, Coinbase is offering a great service where they will take care of your coins for you, uh, which is very different from uh, the ledger philosophical approach where you take care of your own coins and we just provide you technology so you can do it in a safe way and in an easy way. Um, so I would say that uh, in reality, the services that are offered by Coinbase and Ledger are quite complementary or, you know, or in the, in the end come from a philosophical angle that is completely different. Uh, so I prefer personally to have my own coins and to keep my own private keys. And so they're my property. If I trust my private keys to a third party, then they become that third party property and eventually they'll give them back to me at one point, but you never know. Um, and so uh, I think the, in this way, the, the Coinbase model, model differentiates a lot from, uh, from our model. Now, that being said, for the, uh, for the enterprise solution, of course, we have the ledger vaults where we offer self-custodianship. So again, you keep your private keys. We just give you the technology to handle them in a, in a, in a safe way, easy way, and, uh, and with, um, with governance on top. Uh, but, uh, but if you need to, to trust someone with your money, we've also worked on a project called Komainu with uh, Nomura and Global Advisor, that we've announced at last uh, uh, consensus uh, back in uh, in May, I think, uh, and we're working hard on that project right now to uh, deliver something in the market next year, uh, where it will be the first uh, full custodian uh, ready for institutional money uh, in the market, uh, and uh, and that's something where that it will be using ledger technology. Uh, but with a lot of layers on top, uh, and so and so, a hedge fund or or a bank or anyone with coins can actually trust Comainu with their with their money the same way that they trust uh, Coinbase. And Pascal, growing on that, I mean, one of my ideas, you know, for the last since I wrote this report is that you know major traditional players aren't going to partner with a startup um, to custody their crypto assets, but they will with you know a major bank. I mean, in all of the crypto ETF reports, you know. Bank of New York Mellon or, or other major banks are, are the proposed custodians in, in most cases. Kamanu, you know, your your partnership with Nomura and Global Advisor Holdings, that could be a big deal and a game changer here. Um, you know, when are you guys expect to launch this offering and what exactly will it do differently than what you do now? Uh, so we feel the same. We believe that the combination of the trust uh, that brings Nomura, the savoir-faire that has Global Advisor and the technology that has Ledger is a powerful combination to bring a vehicle in the market that doesn't exist today. Um, <clears throat> we'll be launched sometimes in 2019. It's too early to give you an exact date of, uh, of, of launch, but we are working very hard and we want to launch this as soon as possible. Um, and um, and sorry, the last part of your question was? I guess just what will it do differently than what Ledger does now? Uh, well, then it will be full custodianship, meaning that Comainu will be a custodian where you can trust Comainu with your coins. So your private keys will be with Comainu and you will act as a, as a financial institution, if you like, versus the Ledger vault that is self-custodianship where, again, we only provide technology and you handle yourself your private keys. So... Uh, in that, Comainu will bring like a complete different offer uh, to the ledger vault to the market. Uh, and so Comainu will bring an offer that will be 
um, competitive to uh, to some of the players that exist today that are offering full custodianship. What Komainu is uh, is going to do is to uh, to act as a regulated entity. Uh, so Komainu would be uh, probably the first regulated entity in the market to offer such service. So. And uh, it's because of that that uh, Komainu will differentiate a lot from the offerings that exist in the market today. Awesome. So Komainu is definitely differentiated in that respect. And you know, just going back to the retail side, I mean, what's what's the next mile marker for you guys? I mean, how do you get the next million ledger devices out there? I mean, do you have to lower the price? Do you have to add functionality? Do you have to open up new markets? I mean, you know, how do you drive the next era of growth for ledger on the retail side? Okay, look, an easy answer would have been like sort of all of the above, like we need to do all these things, you know, better marketing, translation, et cetera, et cetera. So, which we're doing. So, uh, but I think there is a, a fundamental trend right now in the market, especially coming from exchanges where uh, all, a lot of the big exchanges are thinking of uh, decentralization and there are new exchanges that come with decentralization. That's one, one big movement. There are other movements like proof of stake or lightning, etc. And you know, all these movements goes very well with uh, with, uh, with with our technology uh, because we can uh, we can easily implement those aspects into uh, into uh, the ledger operating system. And just to give you one example, uh, one very precise example, uh, if you run a decentralized exchange, suddenly your only security issue is the endpoint. So it's at the moment of transaction. Uh, and so you sort of need like a hardware wallet to secure that endpoint transaction. Um, and so for us, the movement towards decentralization of exchanges, for example, uh, is a big thing uh, uh, for us uh, that we're uh, working really hard on right now. Um, and so I think that, uh, you know, of course, we're going to do better marketing. Of course, we'll do everything that we have to do to promote security and uh, and our products. But uh, but, uh, but but we believe that also the industry is moving to a situation where you absolutely need to have a hardware wallet to actually make transactions. So we have very uh, uh, we're having uh, great discussions right now with a lot of players in the in this market, and uh, I think that soon we will announce big partnerships. Got it. And, you know, decentralized exchanges playing perfectly with Ledger because both are trustless in nature and everyone controls, you know, all parts of their transactions there. You know, how exactly does Ledger play into the DEX space? Um, you know, would a relayer ha have a Ledger? You know, where exactly does Ledger play in there? And I mean, do you guys even have to get involved or would the decentralized exchanges just use your technology, you know, without you guys even knowing, basically? Uh both can be true. I mean, uh, it could be uh, either a technological partnership where we make sure that the two imbricate themselves really well. The, you know, we also have an open operating system where third parties can develop their own code on top of that. So, uh, so, so, so both, both, both can be true. Awesome. Great. And then you guys rolled out uh, Ledger Live a few weeks ago or, or possibly a few months ago. And I, you know, I've been using it every day just as a companion app to view all my balances you know, what, what's the goal of Ledger Live? Is it, is it supposed to be you know, for the retail side or institution side or both? Um, uh, so the, uh, the institutional side has a, has a Ledger Live as well. So you have Ledger Live that you access through UnanOS, but through the Ledger Vaults, you also, also access a platform that is Ledger Live, but for, that has different features, of course. Uh, on the different features, you have all the administrative part and, uh, 
uh, and the governance part, for example. Uh, but uh, these are new sets of interfaces, again, just to make it easier for our users, whether they're professional users or just individual users to, uh, to, to, to better access their funds and to better use their funds. So it's something that we're doing for the market. But, but however, we're also making sure that our product stays compatible with uh, various other interfaces. So uh, if you prefer to, to, uh, to, to, to work on MyEther wallets, you know, it's perfectly compatible with, uh, with, with Ledger. So you can access MyEther wallet with, uh, with your Ledger and NOS, for example. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. We have a few more minutes left. I'm just wondering, I mean, what is, you know, how often does Ledger update its software for these, for the hardware devices? And, you know, just building on that question, you know, what happens if a user doesn't update their firmware when an update comes out? Is, is it catastrophic or could they just update later on? So look, it's never catastrophic uh, because the, these devices have been built to bring security regardless. Now, you know, just like any other security device, we strongly recommend that you update them as soon as there is an update because if we update, it's because we you have to upgrade uh, your, your security. Uh, so... So yeah, I mean it's just uh, normal governance when it comes to to security. When there is an update available, we strongly advise the users do it, uh, and uh, we also we always very open and uh, transparent in terms of our communication. So everything that you need to know is uh, on on our website, on the blog, uh, on our Zendesk. Uh, we have a great team uh, to to take care of your requests. Uh, a great customer success team should, should you have one. So, um, you know, update your, your Ledger and NOS and you'll be fine. But if you haven't updated uh, already, it's okay. Uh, you can update it tomorrow and you'll still be fine. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. And I know you guys aren't in exchange for buying and selling, but, you know, Coinbase has always been like a black box on, you know, the assets they're going to list or not. And they've tried to add clarity there, but I'm not sure if it's helping. Whereas you guys have, you know, a website dedicated to your roadmap on assets you're going to support in the future, potentially. Um, you know, how often do you roll out support for new crypto assets? And, you know, how's the visibility been received? Because I'm looking at the website now and it's very clear. Uh, look, it's good. I think, you know, the communities in this space are very impatient always. So uh, we've, we're being asked of supporting uh, numerous assets, uh, uh, and uh, and we try to be as transparent again as possible with a with a roadmap that is accessible from our website, and uh, uh, we're trying to uh, to to make sure that uh, uh, we provide support to those communities that uh, that ask for it. But uh, but it's going to take time, and you know some assets are more difficult to support than others because of the nature of the crypto that they use, etc. So you know sometimes it's uh, fast, sometimes it's. Uh, it's a, it's a slower process, and uh, we are trying to better organize the company in order to address this uh, in an even more efficient manner. And uh, but it's an ongoing uh, it's going to be an ongoing uh, thing for, for for Ledger now and in the future. Got it. And you know, I personally think 2019 is going to be a big year for security tokens. Polymath, Harbor, TokenSoft. Um, you know, pick your player here. And Ledger supports ERC20 tokens. Um, you know, do you see? you know, having to support security tokens on Ledger being a huge hurdle or do you think most of them will just be based on ERC-20 standards or, you know, I'm just wondering if there's a future where institutions are going to store their security tokens on something like Ledger Vault. 
Yeah, we believe, I mean, the, the way that we see the future is uh, Ledger is the security technology that the industry uses widely to uh, to secure their crypto assets, their tokens, and anything that has private keys and that needs security. And so our vision for the future is to be able to support sort of all of the above that you listed. Uh, and again, uh, you know, for us, whether it's a new token, a new protocol, uh, ERC twenty, ERC seven hundred twenty one, and and the and the next and uh, um, the next ERC. Uh, this is something that we're working hard on. But uh, but you know, this crypto world is not getting uh, any simpler. Uh, it's getting more complex, and there are more tokens and more protocols added every day. So again, we're trying to keep a tight roadmap to be as transparent as possible, and to uh, to hire the great people in the company to help us do that. Uh, and also to hire external talents in the sense that uh, because our operating system is open, third-party teams can also develop on top of our operating system. And so therefore, there are a lot of uh, coin support that were developed by external teams uh, and not Ledger uh, directly uh, recently. Got it. And Pascal, just because this is a timely topic, I mean, Ethereum is going to roll out a hard fork in a few weeks um, for some updates. You know, how fast is Ledger... How fast does Ledger issue support once these crypto assets change their architecture frameworks, or does any updates um, in the sense of hard forks ever have to be issued? Uh, I mean, if there's not a new token issue? Um, well, we can look at the past. I mean, Bitcoin Cash was supported sort of second one after it was launched. So uh, with our technology, it's very easy to segregate coins. Uh, and so, you know, to support a new coin can be... Uh, can be very quick, especially if it's a if it, if it's a fork. Uh, that's uh, much easier for us than it is a complete new coin with a complete uh, new uh, uh, crypto. Uh, so, uh, but I don't have anything uh, specific to say on uh, on the uh, Ethereum hard fork that will be published on our website in uh, in, in due time. But, uh, but for us, it's uh, it's easy enough, uh, and so usually we do it. Awesome. Well, Pascal, my last question for you, if everybody in crypto is listening, uh, what would you tell them? Look, uh, I would tell them that uh, all this is great. It's super early. I think this market is still very nascent, uh, even though there's been uh, an amazing year of 2017. Uh, 2018 has been uh, uh, an interest, interesting year, starting very high, then uh, you know, bearish market for most of the year. I think 2019 will be uh, uh, the, the year of uh, custodianship and, uh, and many things happening and institutional coming into the game. So 2019 should be exciting, but uh, but all this is very early. And I think that we have a, you know, a good 10 years ahead of us uh, before this becomes completely mainstream. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the moment in crypto right now reminds me of the web of 1995, where every, everybody knows it's going to be great, but uh, it's not uh, the, the, you know, the technology is not completely there yet. So I'm looking forward to see uh, what's going on with, uh, with Lightning and with Proof of Stake and with all these new uh, technologies that are coming to market that I think are, you know, where we can potentially build a very exciting future. But uh, but uh, yeah, so very intriguing. And uh, I think we're we off to an excellent 2019. Excellent, Pascal. Well, thank you for being on the podcast. And I hope to have you back on again soon for an update. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thanks for everybody for listening. And please add your email on 51pct.io for updates. Thank you. <music>